Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. with a manipulative person. Are you in a friendship 
with a manipulative person because that happens as well. It's not just an intimate relationship we're talking about. We're talking about those quote-unquote friendships as well. Well, one of the other things I wanted to flag was, are you a manipulative person? You know, my hope is that when you heard some of those things, you actually started asking yourself the question as to whether you are a manipulative person or not. Yeah. You know how it goes. Sometimes it's not until we start looking across the table that God starts revealing who we really are. Yeah. Yeah, it gets real like that. Sometimes we don't see it until somebody else is wearing it. Mm-hmm. All right? So let's check that thing. Let's make sure that that manipulative individual is not you. Okay? All righty. Well, we could not have a good Monday morning if we did not have the switch with Shanti. And this week's tip, take the advice. You know, a lot of people have a hard time taking some good and wise counsel. You know, it's always good for everybody else, but it's never about them. No matter what you're talking about, no matter what is going down, it's never about them. You could be talking directly to them about a situation. You could be telling them about them. And it goes right over their head. Yeah. So, you know, even if you have to pray, pray about it. Ask God to help you take the advice that's being given to you. How about that individual who can always give advice but can't take advice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You always hear me say that God snatches me by the collar. Yeah. That's that spirit of the Lord that always comes through, ringing that bell, letting me know that, uh, Steph, you're going to have to get this together. And I have to tell you that God had to really deal with me on some stuff this week, just this week. You know, I was in prayer just as late as yesterday. I was just in prayer over some things that, you know, God had to reveal to me. And it doesn't always come through, you know, God talking to me directly or the Spirit of the Lord dealing with me directly. Sometimes it comes through other people. Yeah, you got to be ready for that. You got to be ready to take the advice. You got to be ready to be fixed. Sometimes God has got to say some things to you and you don't know how you're going to get it. You don't know how you're going to get it. You don't know when you're going to get it. You don't know 
if you're going to get it during a time when you think, you know, you were doing it right. How many times does that happen? Ooh, you think you on a roll. And God has to knock your bag down. All right? So come on, people. Come on, come on, come on. Take that advice, okay? All right. Well, that was Monday. Well, let's talk about the Tuesday church foam date. Rolled around, and we got to talking with Pastor Jeff and Pastor KL about the conditions that the troops are experiencing in their military barracks. You know, oh, my goodness, the, the money that they need to fix up. The I mean, it is nasty. There's sewage all over the place in some of the barracks. Some of the barracks have black mold. Some of the barracks, you can't even drink the water. Some of the barracks, you can't even get air conditioning. The the military personnel have to buy their own, their own air conditioner. What kind of mess is this? While at the same time, you have the migrants so desperate that they're putting their children through circular barbed wire. They're climbing through barbed wire to get to the United States. And as they get almost here through some ravine, you have the people in Texas, the police actually going in boats and getting them and rescuing them and then hearing their stories to decide which they allow to stay and which ones they will deport. So while you're pulling in all of these individuals, you actually have the people that are fighting for this country under nasty, nasty conditions. Yeah, it's really bad when you have people who are fighting for this country who can't even get conditions worth living in, and you have tons and tons and tons of migrants who are coming here who are living for free, and we don't even take care of their own here. It's said of the military situation that they're trying to find the funds. Yeah, you know, we we really, if you don't think we have reason to pray, you got another thought coming. When we allow, when this country allows the conditions to go on like this, and yet they're servicing all of these outside people. This is sad. This is really, really sad. Well, wow, Wednesday rolled around, and we got to talking to the ladies, and our girl Vivian brought the socially conscious segment. 
about the Californians who will be increasing taxes on guns and ammunition, ammunition excuse me, and they're going to use that same money to pay for more security in the schools and some other well-needed areas that the guns are causing the problems in. Now, how you like them apples? Yeah, since y'all don't want to get rid of the guns and since the guns are causing so many problems, we're just going to put an additional tax on your tax. Oh, yeah, on your tax that make you pay for some of the things that we need. Oh, yeah, there was some thinking folks out in California. Mm-hmm. Wow. Therapeutic Thursday rolled around and we got to talking yesterday about the British Airways pilot who text the crew crew member, excuse me, and brag about him having a wild party, being a part of a wild party, yeah, wild and wild, just hours before he was supposed to take a double-decker plane up in the air for 11 hours from Johannesburg to London. Yeah. Well, his wild party consisted of boozing it up, doing lines of cocaine off a woman's breast. Oh, party, party, party. Well, he texted that information to a crew member, and thank God the crew member turned him in. They tested his blood or urine or something and found that it was positive for cocaine, and they fired him. And the flight had to be delayed, but at least they got in the air safely. Yeah. You know, we talked about just being in the hands of these people. We're at the mercy when we're traveling, we're at the mercy of these pilots, of these drivers, of these train operators, and it's quite scary. It's definitely quite scary, and we continue to give God thanks for all the times when something could have happened on those planes, on those trains, and on the road, but he kept us safe. Because this is just one possibility. But how many of them have actually slipped through the cracks? Yeah. And we may have been on that airplane. Ooh, what a thought, right? Mm -mm. Well, today is Freestyle Friday. Yes, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do. Well, hmm, talk to our men is what we do. So we're going to get an opportunity to chat with them. I got some stories 
I don't know about these stories today, but you know how it happens when we talk to the crew. It always comes alive in a brand new way. So we just going to rely on God to get this party started. And uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to go and get that healthy breakfast. I'm going to give you an opportunity to go and tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Seth is on. And whatever you do, make sure you go nowhere because we will be right back. Celiac disease is a serious genetic autoimmune disease. It can cause anemia, osteoporosis, infertility, and even certain cancers. Currently, the only treatment is to eliminate foods with gluten. The protein found in wheat, barley, and rye. Foods like bread or beer or birthday cake. And even on a strict gluten-free diet, many of us still experience symptoms. Which is why we need more awareness, understanding, and research. For treatments and a cure. Learn more at beyondceliac.org. Good morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Good Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Freestyle Friday. Woo, we made it, y'all. By the grace of God, we made it. At the end of the week. Here it is, Friday. This is the last Friday in the month of September. We are on our way into October, the last official quarter of 2023. Where has the year gone, everybody? Man. This has been a quick year. Yeah, it has been some quick year. Wow. Wow, wow, and wow, wow, wow. Again. Mm, mm. Wow. We are, we have no, who knew, couldn't find anything this week. But we do have, you know, our little trivia thing that we do on Fridays. And I invite you to join in as we get to chatting about some stuff. Well, we got the millennials with children 
who are talking about the things that they're doing differently from their parents. You know how we always say, you know, when we were growing up, we didn't like what our parents were doing, and they were like, listen, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, I'm not going to do this. When I get my own kids, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. Well, we've got some millennials who have their own children now, and they are speaking up. And I only saw, like, the first the first idea that they had that they shared and said that they were not going to do with their children that we did with our children. So we're... Uh, we're going to see what they say. Please feel free. You know how to reach me. Feel free. Please feel free to join in. All right? Well, we won't be pushing a traditional college track for our children who are currently four years and one who's four months. As hard as it was pushed on us, Everyone in our social circle agrees that our generation were essentially promised a bill of goods our whole life that was delivered, that was talked about but never delivered. So I guess they're saying that, you know, they said that if you went to college, these were going to be the things that happened and these things never happened. Okay, well, that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think we pushed, you know, um, for many generations, college was pushed and pushed and pushed, and it never, you know, it never really delivered a lot of times, but a whole bunch of debt. Yeah. Okay. My parents' lives were so focused on making money and buying nice things They were raised with the American dream in mind. I want to raise my kids to feel that nice things and lots of money don't equal a happy life. Happiness comes from experiences and how you treat people. All right, so I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think that's another fair one. And I have two millennials of my own, so... I'm just trying to hear them in these things here. Well, here's one. I don't spank my kids ever. I have super bad depression and anxiety like my mom, and it sometimes comes out as anger and impatience. I occasionally blow up on my son like my mom did to me, but unlike her, I apologize to my son and explain to him that mommy was just having a bad head moment, and I love him. Wow. Okay, well, that's nice. That's nice. Here's another one. Allowing my child to explore what she does and does not like with food. 
If she doesn't like something, she won't be forced to eat it. There will always be safe food available at every mealtime, but I will not make her eat something she's expressed a dislike for. I think that was pretty common back in our days. We were growing up, you know, if you didn't like a food, it didn't matter. Your parents, you know, they they made a meal, prepped a meal, mom prepped a meal, she made the meal, and if you didn't like it, it didn't matter. You ate it. You figured it out. And, you know, we had many stories about how, you know, you didn't like it for dinner, you ate it for breakfast, and all kinds of stuff. I didn't actually go through that with my mother. You know, I just ate the food. And I ended up liking stuff like squash and liver, and my sister refused to eat that stuff. Even to today, don't you talk to her about no liver. But when I tell you about some liver and onions, man, I, you know, listen, you talk about liver, onions, and gravy, I never make it to the gravy part. Because, you know, gravy don't come from a can. Gravy comes from scratch. So by the time I get ready to make the gravy, it's like the liver is done. (laughs) It's done, straight done. So I think it's fair to, you know, let your children have more than one thing as an option. You know, if they don't like it, I'm not saying you have to necessarily cook it, but I do agree that you should have another option. You know, Shantice refuses to eat a Frank. And I I never made her eat the Frank. If you just didn't like it, you don't have to eat it. I think that is something that, you know, was different. All right, we are having to be more internet savvy ourselves to allow our children safe access to the internet in a way that our parents never had to be. There are so many additional potential threats now than there was then. Yeah. We had to actually see we had to actually teach our parents you know, the internet. And millennials have to teach us. I know my girls, I'm sorry, even my granddaughter has to teach me some things sometimes. So, yeah, the internet thing is is one of them. I'm not hearing anything wrong here, I got to tell you. I grew up with very protective, old-school Italian talent. No sleepovers until I was 12 no sleepaway camp, and I couldn't even ride my bike beyond the driveway. This instilled a ton of fear about the world around me, and I had to learn street smarts as an adult. My husband was raised the complete opposite. Now, this is one I'm not going to complain about. I think, you know, we hear enough about, you know, the older people who ended up, molested, raped, things happened to them. And, yeah, you know, we were overprotective, and we still are. You know, with the grandchildren, we're overprotective because we've seen the effect of being loose with your children. And I just think that you need to make sure 
you know, that you're not more overprotective than you are logical. So, you know, as long as they're, as long as you're logical, millennial parents, then criticize. But if you're not logical, don't criticize, because that was an actual good one. Okay. My parents tried their best to do well by us, and my childhood was mostly good. However, there are a few specific things I want to do differently. One big one is that I want to make mental wellness a priority. I was a very anxious child, but back in the 90s, when I grew up, mental illness was never discussed and was considered almost a shameful subject. That's true. That's true. Mental illness is is still not really discussed. Even my millennial talks about she's tired of hearing about the mental illness thing. And although, you know, as the streets say, they put a lot on it, it's real. It's real. And that's one thing that generations before the millennials kind of brushed aside. Yeah, they were really very poor with discussing mental illness and realizing that mental illness was as prevalent as it was. So, yeah, I think you need to get up on that mental illness thing. I don't place so much pressure on grades. I just ask my daughter to work hard and have pride in the quality of her work, but also remember to still make time to enjoy other parts of her life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm going to say I don't put so much pressure on grades, but, you know, the way it was done back in the day, you know, maybe it could have been done a little differently. I, I don't fault them, though. You have to remember, in past generations, a lot of them didn't finish school. And school has always been, quote, unquote, free, but it wasn't as free for them. Either they had to quit school to help with the family, or they were raised in, let's say, a racist uh, era where they did not have the freedom to go to whatever school they wanted to go to, and they wanted that differently for you. So don't beat them up. Don't beat them up, millennials. Don't beat them up. Hmm. We were, I'm sorry, we are a sex-positive household, which my family definitely wasn't. My children have known the correct names for their body parts since they learned to talk and no questions are off limits. And, yeah, baby boomers, not so much the Gen Ys, but baby boomers are definitely, definitely um, guilty of that. And again, I don't beat them up for that. I don't beat them up for that because, you know, hey, you have to think about something. They didn't get it. They didn't get those conversations from their parents. So what do you want? What do you want? What do you want for them? What do you want from them? You know, they're doing what they were, you know, how they were primed in their day, if you think about it. All righty? So, 
Come on, come on. Don't don't beat them up. Don't beat them up. Let's see if we got a couple of other good ones. I prioritize my marriage. My parents never had date nights and rarely showed affection for each other. I want my kids to know that their parents are in love. That is big. That is big. I don't beat you up, millennial parents, for doing that with your children. I don't. I don't. Um, Hey, you know, they didn't, again, this wasn't what was done. Um, You know, how do you, how do you do something that wasn't done? You know, so you can't beat them up. Can't beat them up. Can't beat them up at all. Okay, so they weren't showing affection. My parents, you know, they weren't they weren't ones who showed affection. But hey, giving God thanks that we learned to say I love you, and you're learning millennials to say I love you and to show affection. You know, date night. Those are things that, you know, people uh, learned over the course of time. Okay? All righty. All righty. One more, one more, one more. Let's see if we got a good one. My parents were fairly absent and expected us to be young adults without giving us room to be kids. With my son, I have expectations based on where he is developmentally. We have also spent a lot of time modeling how to process big feelings and how to regulate his emotions in difficult situations. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, again, back in the day, baby boomers were forced to help take care of the family. Their parents were forced to take care of the family. So, you know, people had to grow up a little quicker. And they kind of put that on you. It wasn't necessarily fair, but it's real. It was real. And, you know, I will close down this particular segment. I think the the list was really a good one. I think it was a good list. You made a lot of good points, millennials, but I want you to think about something. You do what you know to do in life. You do what you know to do. Um, Don't beat up the, you know, the, the previous, you know, generations. Don't. You do what you know to do. And that's that's one of the things I've I've always stressed. Um, You know, join us. Join us in understanding that you do what you know to do. See, here's what's happening with you. You're doing what you know to do. It was done to you 
So you have room to make that shift. Baby boomers didn't necessarily have room to make the shift. So the things that you brought up are things that you were able to make the adjustment with. You know, if you talk about, you know, back in the day when they had to help with the family, it helped them grow up. So for them, helping you grow up meant to kind of push you out there a little bit more because their fear was if they didn't help you grow up, then you weren't going to grow up. And they did what they knew to do. And don't beat them up. Don't beat them up. Teach your children like you're saying. Teach your children that it's okay to show affection. It's okay to be affectionate. You know, years ago, they didn't, men didn't hug boys. Men taught their boys you don't cry. Men taught your boys, you know, be a man, be a man, grow up, be a man. And look what it look what it did. Look what it did. It made them an absolute mess because they were trying to be a man and they hadn't learned to be compassionate. They hadn't learned to be affectionate. They hadn't learned to be patient. They hadn't learned, you know, certain components. So what were they supposed to do? They hadn't learned it. But they were given room to do it. School was free. They didn't have to, you know, then quit school to help. So they had certain freedoms that the older generation didn't have. So what do you do? Well, now that you have those abilities, you get on board. You get on board. So, hey, let's make it happen. You know better, as Pastor Charlene always says, when you know better, you do better. When you have the ability to do better, you can do better. So think about it. Ready, willing, and able. Sometimes you're ready and you're willing, but you're just not able. So opposed to criticizing, give God thanks. Give God thanks that you've had the ability to do some things that your parents, you know, couldn't do. But yet God has afforded you the opportunity to do it. All righty? All right. So thank you for allowing me to share that with you. What are we talking about today? Mm. I don't have any great, 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 great things to talk about today, but I'm going to look forward to talking about this stuff to my gentlemen today. This was a sad story, and I'm sure you've heard it if you listen to the news. There was a huge Iraqi wedding excuse me, that took place in northern Iraq. And what happened was, as the couple were dancing, they say, 
as the bride and groom danced, there were some flares that were ignited and a ceiling decoration caught on fire. And the place went up in flames. And not only did the place go up in flames, but it collapsed, killing, killing over 100 people. And they're saying that there's going to be some price to pay because some preliminary information indicates that the building was made of highly flammable construction materials. And that contributed to the rapid demise of the building. And this was so sad, you know, people were looking for others, some people escaped, clearly some weren't able to escape. They have one man who was looking for his mom. They said all they found were her clothing. They didn't find her. They looked all over the place. They didn't find her. Oh, boy, this was a mess. They, they're they looking for the people, the owners, because they have some arrest warrants for the owners of the hall because, you know, they're responsible. And this took place, guess, guess what, an hour. They say only an hour into the event. Yeah. So this this was really, 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 really a sad event. My goodness. My goodness. Sad event. Mm. Well, you know, they're always talking about these sex traffickers. And they have this huge... They have this huge story of these, all these people who were arrested in this human trafficking sting. They say three Disney employees, a school athletic director, and a dad who left his child home alone were among 219 people arrested in a major human trafficking bust. And as I read it, it was crazy. <clears throat> as they broke down some of the people who were arrested, they said, who was arrested here? They say, you have two people who worked for Disney, three people who worked for Disney, a security guard, a custodian worker, and a training coordinator who were arrested in this thing. They said, and what would, what would an arrest for human trafficking be like if they didn't arrest somebody in Disney? 
And I remember, I, I didn't remember last night when I read it, but I remember them saying another couple of times somebody who worked for Disney was arrested in some human trafficking thing. So I guess that was a little snide remark. They say the Vanguard School Athletic Director, who is also an Orbindale High School Academy teacher, was arrested for allegedly soliciting a prostitute. A married father of three was also who was also a former youth football coach was arrested. They said now he's coaching in county jail. Uh, they said they can't believe that they have somebody like this around their children. They say, who else? They say another man brought his 15-year-old daughter he shares with his ex-wife to the area for her birthday, but instead left her in a hotel room have sex somewhere else. Wow. For her birthday, he said, uh, we arrested her dad and put him in jail. They say two women also dragged a 14-month-old child with them when they went to have sex. While one woman was busy, the other woman watched the child. They said a couple of high-level executives were also arrested. One person complained to the sheriff about being arrested. He said, it's not against the law to cheat on your wife. That's what he told. That's what he told the cops. Well, they told him, you came here all the way from California to cheat on your wife? But you pay money to cheat on your wife. It's called prostitution. So that's why you were arrested, not because you were cheating on your wife. So they had this big thing. And, you know, when they can arrest 219 people in this human trafficking, amen, amen. And like you see, there's a plethora of people who were a part of this thing, people who we trust with our children, people who are parents. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you caught up in this thing here, you're caught up all the way. And I love it because once you cross a border, a state border, you're done. You're done. It's it's trafficking. Yeah. And that's what got R. Kelly snatched up. Yeah. A lot of his stuff is, is the fact that he crossed state lines. Not only did he, you know, do what he did with minors, but they crossed state lines. And that's how they were able to snag him for some of his biggest times. Yeah, that's why he got so much time. 
because of what he did. And then he pulled, you know, those people, those kids across the line, and they were able to snag him with these human trafficking. So I'm glad because one of the things that, you know, they say when it comes to this trafficking is that the powers that be are so high up involved in this sex trafficking that that's why you can't stop it because they're high up on the totem pole, so they're able to cover and cover up what's going on. Yeah. So this is this is pretty this is pretty bad. So two hundred and nineteen people out of the way. Oh yeah. What else are we talking about until we get to one of our main conversation hmm. let's see if we got another good one. Oh, you know oh, this thing with these people we've done a few stories on this airplane nonsense these men who are so out of control on these flights and I guess they figure because you're up in the air, they're not limited, you know, as to what they can do. And you're at the mercy of their behavior. So they said there was this Delta Airlines red-eye flight, and most people were asleep. And there was a man who repeatedly groped a 13-year-old girl who sat next to him and threatened to kidnap her from her family members who were seated two rows away. And Shanti brought this up yesterday. You know, when you buy your tickets, unless you pay a little extra to pick your seat, you think you're buying your tickets together so it would automatically put your seats together. It doesn't work like that. So if you buy three seats, it's not going to be three seats together. They're going to give you three arbitrary seats because they figure you're not paying top dollar. And this is how, I guess, the little girl got separated from her parents or her family. Now, clearly, she should have been riding with an adult next to an adult opposed to, you know, in a, it was, she was in a three-row seat um, in this particular scenario. So they say this 52-year-old man grabbed the girl's chest after she tried stopping him when he started rubbing his leg against her and touched her once the flight, once the lights were dim on the flight. Now, they were going from L.A. to Orlando last year. He told her, you're never going to see your family again. And she had a panic attack and couldn't speak while the assault was going on. And there was a passenger who was with her on the road. And when she woke up, she saw that his hands were between the little girl's legs, 
and she switched seats with the with the little girl when she alerted the flight attendant as to what was going on. Well, he was so bold, he tried to touch the woman. Yeah. So later on, you know, now that they're in court, his attorney is saying that alcohol played, you know, the role, the role. It was because of his alcohol drinking that he was out of control. So now he's been sentenced to five years in a federal prison for assaulting a minor on an aircraft. Now he's going to be on like a parole for three, he's going to be on the three years of supervised release. Now, here's some things that, I, that, that came up in this story. They said that she's been left with um, like some emotional, significant emotional and mental trauma. And she doesn't want to hang out with a friend. She doesn't want to leave the house. She doesn't want to go anywhere. She won't go to the beach. She won't wear bathing suits. She doesn't want to go back to school. All of these things she suffered since. Now, two things I want to bring to your attention. One of the things it said that she suffers from something called some anxiety disorder that renders a person unable to speak in some social situations. So what happened was when he started to touch her, she couldn't talk because she was under this mental disorder and she had this panic attack. So she couldn't scream because the first thing you think is, why she didn't say anything? Why she didn't scream? Well, I, 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 I don't know whether how long she had been having these panic attacks but the panic attacks have now been paired with this anxiety disorder that they say will render you selective. It's called selective mutism, and it, rend- it renders you speechless when things happen to you that's traumatizing. So, again, you know, this mental illness, that's, that's a mental illness. When you're in some frozen ability because mentally you're being traumatized so now you can't speak because remember your brain is what tells your body what to do. So when you automatically yell, it's because your brain has told your mouth to open up. When you go to stand up, your brain tells your body to move your legs to stand up. So this is an area of mental illness. So you've got her dealing with this, and you've got this other idiot who the attorney says, now are you ready for this? It says in a sentencing memo submitted on this man's behalf, they wrote, 
that the client was arrested three times before my case. And all his arrests have involved alcoholic beverages. So tell me something. Is this a defense? Is this your defense that says that not only was he drunk, and this is why he did what he did to the 13-year-old, but he's had other instances before this one, and all of those instances, alcohol contributed to his behavior. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Y'all are really running out of defense. I don't need you to defend me if you're going to bring up the fact that I'm doing this. This is my pattern. Oh, where are my men? Where are my men? Where are my men? Please help me with this here. Let's talk to Brother Al real quick. Brother Al, good morning. Chop, chop for the morning. Chop, chop on the morning. Oh, yeah. How you doing? Oh, I'm all right, Brother Al. I'm all right. You know, we started off this morning talking about the millennials who are now parents, and they're saying that they're not, now that they're parents, they're not going to do some things that their parents did or didn't do. You know, they're going to do some things that their parents didn't do, and they're not going to do some things that their parents did. And they've got some real interesting things, such as force their children to go to college because, you know, they have not proven that all that college time and money really amounted to anything. They talked about showing their children love outwardly because, you know, affection wasn't shown in their home and, you know, date nights and things like that didn't happen in their home. So they want to show their children, you know, love and and outward love, outwardly love and things like that. Is there something that you said you wouldn't do because it was done when you were a kid or that you would do because it wasn't done you know, when you were a kid that your parents either did or didn't do? Absolutely. Um, You know, I tell people from the beginning, you know, being a parent, there's no book on how to be a parent. I think majority of us, we raise our children according to what we went through, how we were raised. And, you know, there's a few things like, um, for for instance, I was into sports and I played basketball. I was pretty known, got basketball scholarship. All my years of my life playing basketball, my father never, ever came to one of my basketball games, ever. And I was like, wow, and I wanted him there, and I know how that felt. So when my sons was, I don't care what they were doing in school, if I had to take off is what it was, but I was going to make sure that I support them, you know, with, with what they did. Um, also in my household, we knew that we loved each other, but we never said it. It was never said. Okay. You know, hey, I love you. You know, so those are, you know, things like that I incorporate it in. And, and, and learning, too, as us growing up as men, you know, little boys, like you said, you hit it right on the head. We was taught, don't stop crying. 
that you being a girl if you cry. You know, basically hold those emotions in. So I was like, you know, I have to do better. Let them know, hey, it's okay to let those feelings out. I don't mean you're punk because you're crying or, you know, let that emotion out instead of holding it in because you feel, hey, if you do that, then, you know, you, 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 you're punk. So it was, it was things like that. Like, I think those are like the three major things that I said I want to do different than, you know, what my parents did. Okay, okay. And those are some good things. Those are some good things, you know. Uh, let's let's see what Pastor KL has to say in that arena. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I'm well, thanks. I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm well. Another tripping morning. We're good. <laughs> All right, now. <laughs> You know, we're talking about the things that were not done that we said we wouldn't do, we would do and things that were done that we said we wouldn't do. You know, when we were parents, do you have anything that, you know, you want to say that, you know, hey, I, I changed this when I became a parent? Yeah, but, but you know, let, let, let me start by saying this. You know, a lot of us, you know, when we were younger, you know, we said all these things we're not going to do because we were mad at our parents at the time. And and if you look back on it, you know, as you raise your kids, you find yourself doing some of the same things that your parents did to you that you didn't like and realize that it was for your good. You know, uh, one of the things that, right. that I stuck to, one of the things that I stuck to that, that was different, as Brother Al says, you know, I, our parents was not those, well, my father was not those I love you fathers. You know, it just wasn't what they okay. did back then. You know, they, you, you knew they loved you because, you know, you, you just knew it, but, but they never said it. Right. So with my children, even from uh, young, we played a game, and, and, and the game was who loves you? And, they, and their answer has to be daddy. So even now with, with, with my grown kids and when they call me and, I, and, and we, we hang up the phone, you know, I don't say goodbye. I say, who loves you? And they say daddy. So th- that's always our okay. thing that you knew that all the time your daddy loved you. Okay, okay. Nice, nice, nice. You know, especially coming from you men, I really wanted to make sure I asked you men this question because, you know, men have, you know, they're not as affectionate at times, you know, uh, and that was one of the biggest complaints that people had growing up, that their dad was either too busy or just, you know, he wasn't raised like that. So, therefore, you know, he didn't do, you know, the, the, the most loving thing. And I think it's so important that you men have verbalized today, you know, that, hey, you know, I said I love you. You know, another thing I want to bring out, and I'm kind of kind of stretching this a little bit, you know, what I, I not only did we not necessarily hear it in the home, but it's, and I want to talk about this for a minute. It, it's not, it's not hard for us to say I love you to a friend. You know, that's something that, we never heard probably growing up. You never heard your your parents or all the adults tell another adult, 
I love you, but yet in this day and time, you know, it's nothing for me to tell my girlfriend, I love you, um, my sister, I love you. And when I say sister, I don't necessarily mean biological sister. What do you think about that, um, Brother Al? Just sharing and telling a Pastor KL or some, another male, I love you. Um, are you talking to the mute button, or maybe we're not available right now? So we'll come back to Brother Al. What about? Yeah, give, give, give me like, give me like one minute. I'm, oh. I'm sorry, Pastor. Uh, give me one minute. I'm sending the kids up now. So come back to me. No problem. No problem. <laughs> A blessing to KL. What say you? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's just like the home, you know, stuff like that wasn't heard, you know. Um, the men were men-men, you know, so I, I knew I know the men wouldn't tell another man, you know, I love you. You know, it, it's almost like, well, you, you might take it another way or think that I'm a little, I might be showing my soft side, if you would, or my feminine side, if you would. So a lot of, you know, a lot of men didn't do that. You know, also, you know, a lot of men, you know, didn't kiss their son. You know what I mean? That 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 was right. not heard of either. You know what I mean? Because it was right. taken and looked right. at in a whole nother way. It wasn't very masculine. You know what I mean? So uh, we, we, we would kiss our daughters on the forehead or kiss our daughters on the cheek, but they wouldn't kiss their son at all, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And when you share, you know, when you tell a friend, like you said, even females, even females, you know, of course it doesn't have the same look as a man, but even females, you know, years ago we didn't say, I love you, you know, and you got to be careful about what you're saying today because it might be, you know, might go in a different direction, but it's still a lot safer to be in the same, I love you, and you know, you're right. I remember, you know, boys saying, you know, dad, don't kiss me, or, you know, they felt uncomfortable if, you know, mm-hmm. they were leaving school or being dropped off at school and dad reached out and hugged them and kissed them. Oh, that was just about, dad did it for them. And, right. you know, again, as you grow into your own fatherhood, you realize how essential. You realize how important something like that is. Wow. You know, and, and, and I think and I think in, in, in these days, not not to cut you off, I think in these days that uh-huh. it's it's it, it's important to be able to to express and share that side with your son. You understand what I'm saying? So so they can uh, be in tune with who they are emotionally you know I, I think i think our sons become so stuffy because we are stuffy and they try to emulate right. and imitate what they've learned from us right 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 you know again i, I was as i closed that that conversation this morning pastor kl i said you know don't beat i've learned not to beat my parents up older adults up for certain things because they gave us what they had. You know, right. our grandparents, great-grandparents did not 
do these things. You know, they have responsibilities, you know, and and things like that, and, and which made for their decision-making or their level of affection and things like that. So they only passed down what they knew most times. So, like you said, older people didn't do it. So what what do you do? You pretty much follow suit. You know, it, 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 right. it's, you know, God who turns that around. You were going to say something? No, no, I, I was just saying right. I was saying correct. I was oh. agreeing with you. Yeah. You know, so I always encourage, you know, the young people, you know, don't beat your parents up. You know, they, they did what they knew to do. Their parents did what they knew to do. You know, one of the things was, you know, I I talk about sex openly. You know, um, mm-hmm. the, the body parts are known. You know, I, ever since they could talk, I tell them their body parts. And right. growing up, a lot of our parents, grandparents, that wasn't something that, that happened. That wasn't, they weren't openly expressive, you know, in that and, in that area. And, and, and to that point, you are absolutely right. I, I remember, and I'm not sure if I, if I told the story, but I remember my daughter, uh, she was 11 or 12 years old. Everybody know that, you know, I had full custody of my son and my daughter. And she was 11 and 12 years old, and she came into the room, and she was crying. And I couldn't understand why she was crying. And she says, there's something going on down there. And, you know, again, you know, I've grown up from a man's man, and there's certain things we didn't talk about. And I didn't understand what down there was, didn't want to see down there. You know what I mean? All that stuff. And, right. you know, she kept, on, she kept on saying, Daddy, you got to look because there's something going on. There's something wrong. And I said, no, I'm just not going to look. So I, I happened to call a real, real mm-hmm. close friend to come over, you know, saying and find out that she had a yeast infection. But, I mean, it, it was an uncomfortable situation for me right. because we, we, we didn't talk about stuff like that. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So, right. yeah, right. yeah. Right. I, 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 th- I, th- I think it's important that we have those hard conversations, those uncomfortable conversations, so so that, you know, they can say, Daddy, I got a problem, and, and feel feel like they can come right. to you about it. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, yes, yes. And that was one of the things one of the millennial parents said. You know, she was like, I'm, I'm, we got to call these, these uh, body parts by names. And I remember having a girlfriend. And she said to me, she said when she wanted to talk, she had a question about sex. And she went to her mother, and her mother told her, go to the library. Well, that Mm. same girlfriend ended up a 16-year-old mom. So, you know, when, when, when mom told her to go to the library because she didn't know how to discuss, you know, with that daughter, you know, these particular, you know, topics, that also leaves you open to, and I'm not saying she didn't say that. I'm saying, you know, that's the same Mm -hmm. young lady who ended up having a baby at 16 years old. So, you know, when we don't have these conversations, Pastor (laughs) Gail, 
we kind of leave room for these things to happen. Now, she very cool. yes, could have had the conversation with her daughter, and she still turned out to be a young mother, but there's always that possibility that we can help right. to curtail this conversation, you know, these occurrences, you know, when we do have these conversations. Brother Al, if, if you're available, when you're available, feel free to jump in and, and converse, share in the conversation. But, you know, this, these are things that, you know, we're very critical. And you know what? You're right, Pastor Kale. I remember saying to my mother and my father, you know what? Especially my mother, because she was a no person. Oh, my goodness gracious. It was no for everything. You know, she was the one who ran the house. You know, we had a father in the house, but Ernie ran the house. And I remember being older, Pastor Kale, and going back to her and saying, thank you. Thank you for the rules of the house. Thank you for the times you said no, because I ended up raising my own kids and saying no, you know, and understanding, like you said, you know, you end up keeping those same rules for your own house. But when you're a kid, you think it's the worst thing in the world. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, mean, I, I agree. How with many you, times? How many know. times we 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 ran away because we or we ran away in, in our minds, <laughs> and when we got older, we were going to do things totally different. And sometimes our parents wasn't right. even invited to our house when we were young. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 but, but but when you, when you look at, I mean, when you look at the outcome, and, and really think about it. Yeah. Because some of the millennials yeah. really don't don't know about this, but we we've, we've gone from beatings to timeout, and the timeout don't work right. no better than the beatings. No, no, <laughs> you know no, what I mean. No, 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 <laughs> the no. timeout does not work. You know, but but this is what what they, this is what it come down to. Let, let's just do timeout. Right. And what does that do? I, I know me when I got right. beat, I, I didn't do it again. And I didn't do it again for a while. Right. If I did it again, right. you know what right. I mean. Right. When when right. I go in timeout, right. by the time I come out of timeout, some of these kids are doing the same thing right after timeout. Yeah. So you know, I, You're right. I, I don't I don't think right. I don't think that that these new ways are working. Now now don't get me wrong. You know some of the old ways wasn't the best, but but when I look at right. what I turned out to be, and how I turned out. I'm not even mad at them. No, yeah, yeah, and you're absolutely right. I did a video, and I'm going to post this video today, actually. And, and I'm, I'm inviting you and all of the viewers and listeners to, well, listeners to view it. And it, it, there's a segment of children and, and how children behave today. And there was a, a, a clip of a little boy who they put in the corner for timeout. And, ooh, Pastor Kiel, was he in that corner running his mouth. Now, he couldn't have been no more than about six, seven years old. And, you know, the the, the guy, they, they showed you the kid. The video, the, the camera was on the child standing in the corner. And the guy was like, well, you make sure you stay there. And he was like, you stay there. And everything that the man said to him, he was saying back. And mm. I was like, yo, we would have been 
first of all, we wouldn't have been facing no walls. We would have been eating the plaster off the wall because they would have us up. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) They would have (laughs) tore us up. Every single thing he said to this kid, all righty, every single thing he said to this kid, Pastor KL, he was, no, you you shut up. You you can't report us. Oh, Listen, pa- Pastor Steph, we we wouldn't be able to get no words in between us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like you said, once we got towed up, that ended the conversation. There was no other words that was used. We would be too busy crying. And we, I mean, we would not have dared. You've got to watch this video. I'm going to post it um, today. But it was, it's amazing, amazing, these children. Oh, my goodness. Well, welcome back, Brother Al. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, the being the parents and the things that, you know, we weren't, you know, we, we went back and said thank you for you know, we we didn't think, as Pastor K.L. said, we ran away from home in our head. We weren't inviting our parents to our house when we got our own house, you know, in our head. But yet, when we got older, we said thank you. You know, we, we followed through with the same rules and regulations that we experienced when we were young and we were really against. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, also, I was listening the whole time, just getting these kids out here, but I was listening in. And, and you're right. You know, I look back at things. One of, one, of the, and one of the things that I grasped from my dad was my dad didn't pay disrespect. I don't care how mad you are, what he said, if he was wrong, or whatever happened. He did not play that disrespect. And I'm the same way, even though I'm going through some issues with my, with my two sons, and one of them is 37 and the other one is 29, they, we may go through some issues, but they know not to be disrespectful. <laughs> so that was one of the things. And 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 um and working for you, like I was mad at my dad because I was in sixth grade. I think sixth grade, you like 10, 11. And um, my dad had me work. My dad comes to Al, uh, when school out? I said, June 27th. June 28th, you going to work. And my dad had a construction company. So here I am, this little 10-year-old, 11-year-old kid, getting up 6 o'clock, getting up 5, 5.30 in the morning, going to work come back home, I want to go outside and spend the summer and play with my friend. But when I come home, I'm too tired to go outside. And boy, was I mad. Right. But it, it it taught me work for yours. Work for yours. And, and be responsible. You know, be be responsible. You know, hey, you're going to buy a little something. You got a little money now. So work for yours. Be responsible. And also, I learned to trade. I can fix almost anything in my house so I ain't got to pay nobody. So, you know, I'm, I look right. back at that and I'm like, Wow, I'm I'm thankful. And, you know, one of the things that, especially black parents that I've seen, is like when people come in, it was like, the first thing they tell their kids, well, why don't you go to, why don't you go to college and be a doctor or a lawyer? That always came out of a black parent's mouth, you know. And I do right. that with my children. I said, you know, college is going to teach you about life. If you're not going to go to college, have a plan so that so you won't struggle like I did. And that's what I tell my kid. I don't never want right. to go to college. Just have a plan. Don't just say, I don't know. Have a plan 
for your life to be comfortable because you all going to be moving up out of here and you need to make some money to pay rent. So <laughs> get it together, son. <laughs> Did we lose Pastor Steph again? I think we might have lost her again. <laughs> Only have us on a Friday. I know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to think. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, I'll be right there. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pastor Kale and Brother Al show. We appreciate you coming out and listening in. <laughs> right, right. When, when we don't beat our children anymore, we put them in timeout. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's crazy. Absolutely. You know, with this generation, with this gen, oh, this year, okay. <laughs> Don't keep going, keep going, keep on, brother. I'll finish your sentence. Oh, okay. So, so I was saying it's, it's crazy, to, you know. And and what happens is what we don't realize. Sometimes we say, "Well, why your parents? Why they didn't do that when they don't do that now?" And people have to realize that time has changed now. You know, back then you couldn't call and say, "Hey, listen, my mom hit me and she get arrested and stuff like that." They'd be ready to jump on you, jump on you too. These days here, now you know a kid calls and says he hit me. They ready to. So rest mom, they're ready to put mom, make it mom go to right. any management class. And these, and these parents are scared. But you have a very few kids that right. be like, yo, I don't care what's going on. You ain't going to do this in my house. So because but of see, that, that, these that, parents are allowing the kids because, to run their household. Listen, that's because we became friends and not parents. Now, now watch. Back in my day, when we went outside, my mother told me, stand right next to me. Don't move unless I move. Now they put leashes on kids to make sure you don't go too far. (laughs) My mother would have never put a leash on me. My mother, listen, if I'd have got lost, I'd have just got lost. She wasn't coming to find me because she told me to stand right next to her. Now we are the the, 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 the PA system looking for our child. Call it. No. If, if mama told me to stay next, I better not move. I don't care what G.I. Joe was in the other aisle. Because, listen, my mother would lose me on purpose. I don't know if y'all had them kind of kids, mothers, but my mother would lose me on purpose just to see what I'm going to do and say, I told you to stay next to me. That, now, y'all talk about anxiety and trauma. That's trauma. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, wow. and, and, and something wow. you said, and something you said earlier, something you said earlier. Um, when I was listening with you guys, is that you know, um, we don't have these conversations with our kids. You know, we don't want to say this and say that. I remember arguing with my son, mother down south. Now here's my son; is he's twenty something years old. You know, he was at house, he was at home. I, mean, I think he's about nineteen. His, it was just him and his mother live in the house. She works at night. She go to work from 11 o'clock at night to 7 every day. And he's home. So when me and him had a conversation, I said, so I said, son, I said, just be honest. I said, are you having sex? Are you to that point yet? And he said, you know, he was a little shy. I said, listen, we need to have this conversation. So he said, yeah, dad, I am. I said, are you being protected? He said, sometimes. I said, no, sir, you need to be protected all the time. I said, do you have money for, I said, you know what, matter of fact, I'm going to send you condoms. And I said to him, 
His mother got on there. Oh, my God. She had a fit. Why are you saying no condoms? You let them know it's okay to have sex. I said, I said, if you're crazy, because if you think that you're working from 11 o'clock at night to 7 in the morning, and he's not having sex, I said, you're crazy. I said, you, I know my son. I said, okay. You know him. You'll be a grandma. I'm telling you what I know. You know, so we don't have those conversations. Just like you have a lot of women. I hear it all the time. Oh, I tell my daughter. Uh, if a man likes you, he opens up a car door for you, or he 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 pull out a chair for you. You tell him all, you tell your daughter all that good stuff, but you don't tell them that there was predators like me and KL out there that was saying, you know what, you want that door open? I know, so I can get one. Yes, I'm bringing KL in. He was a predator too. You know, so you don't tell them. You don't tell them about us the predator. The predator. You know what? You want that door open? I'm open it so I can get what I want. I'm going I'm to pull that door. I'm just trying to figure out when I became a predator. Oh, my God. You were God. a predator, too. In your former life, you, you wasn't Pastor KL. You were, look, look, in his former life, he wasn't Pastor KL. He was Predator and then, KL. And, and then you call me friend. Don't call me friend no more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speaking the truth oh, here. No. So, so you know we don't have, we don't have those we don't have those conversations that we need to or or females don't have a conversation with their daughter saying this is how your body gonna react when you decide to have sex for the first time that's why we get these girls out here they have sex for the first time I got a girl here right now crazy we trying to get her out of here she's stalking this dude she's fighting people you know so those are conversations that need to be held with these children yeah you know. It's, it's, we can't have one conversation without the other. If we're going to have one conversation, we need to complete the task and and have the full conversation because, like you said, Brother Al, you know, you, you're not telling them, yeah, but when this guy goes all out the way, be careful because he just might not be someone who's, you know, nice. He might be actually after something. We don't have a thorough conversation. We only have a partial conversation, and therefore we leave our children vulnerable to, you know, to, to end up victims later on. And they're all surprised, and, and now the eyes are crazy, wide open, because you didn't got the shock in your life. So I agree, you know, if we're going to have the conversation, then have the conversation. You know, we need to make sure that, you know, we fill our children in on everything. I, I don't know what it is, you know, why would you think that if you left your house, a girl or a boy from 11 to 7 at night, nobody was going to come into your home? Yeah, right. I, I don't know what would make you think. That that exactly. Happen. So because her mindset, her mindset was, no, I taught him well. I taught him well. I said, okay. I said, I tell you, I wish you was my mother. You left me in this house, eleven to seven o'clock, boy. It is party time. <laughs> 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 On a Friday and Saturday too. You crazy? What? I mean, I'll drive you to work, Mama. You ain't gotta go. I'm gonna drive you to work, Mama. I'm gonna drive you to work so I can make sure you there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it says a lot for us teaching them 
But what does it have to do with what they do with what we teach them? You know what? We we got a couple of minutes. I was going to talk about something else, but you guys kept this conversation going. So we're going to open up we we're going to open up this conversation. So, you know, mom had this conversation with you. Dad had this conversation with you. But what did you do anyway? And Pastor KL, I'm going to start with you. But Al, you got some stuff in your arsenal. I'm coming to you in a second. <laughs> okay. Well, 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 since I now know the definition of a predator, I guess back in my days, you, are, you know, <laughs> you know I, listen, I, 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 I'm going to be honest, I didn't listen to nothing. I, 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 I didn't listen to anything. You know, um, Al tells a story about being a basketball star. You know, I was a singer, so that that, that guaranteed me a whole lot of stuff. I, I had, man, wow. listen, all I had to do was open them up with my mouth. I, when I lived in Queens, they, they knew I was on the block because I'd walk down the aisle singing, and I was the Pied Piper. So, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't listen to nothing because I didn't think I had to listen to anything. You know, I, I was getting what I wanted when I wanted it and how I wanted it. You know, um, four kids later, I realized that maybe I should have stopped singing. <laughs> you know, it didn't work out too well. But <laughs> wow, wow, wow! All right, that's one in the uh, that's one in the can, Pat, uh, brother Al. What are we talking about? You know, you were warned. What were you warned and you didn't listen? I was warned. Same thing, little KL, about the females. My dad used to tell me, and listen, you know, be careful out there with these women. And if you, you're going to be with them, you know, make sure you protect yourself and stuff like that. But, again, the type of field that me and KL was in, you know, with him singing, me playing ball, the women were coming, and I just didn't know how to handle it. You know, they, they was coming out of the woodwork. So, again, I didn't know how to handle it. So I ain't here. I forgot that. My dad told me that it went in one ear and out the other. That's why I had four kids by four different women. And, you know, again, when I sit back and look at it, I'm like, dang, boy, I was sure was hard-headed and whatnot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, mm. um, you know, didn't, didn't, listen, didn't listen to none of that. When it came down and the women was coming and they were just coming, I didn't know how to handle it. I'm signing an autograph. I never signed an autograph a day in my life. So I started playing college ball. So it was just something new. And I said, oh, okay, Pop didn't tell me about this little fame thing here. So, you know, I'm going to handle it my way. And my way got me in a whole bunch of trouble. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. Anything else, Pastor KL, you were told not to do and you did anyway. And you found out that uh, I guess I should have listened. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my I, I wasn't one for rules. I, I, I didn't like rules. You know, I, I was rebellious, and I didn't like rules. And, you know, but I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, it, it wasn't like these kids now. But, you know, our, our parents used to always say that if you can't follow my rules, get out of my house. And I got out of the house. And, and, and at 16 years old, I had my first apartment. That was the hardest thing in my life. Listen, at, at at my age now, I want to go back home sometimes. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to follow the rules because it's for your good. It may not feel good, mm-hmm. but it's for your good. And, and you know, I, I stepped out. I ste- and listen, 
I wasn't I wasn't in God, so I didn't step out on faith. I just stepped out because I got tired of living living with these rules. And when I found out, you know, that rent was for real, light bill was for real. You know what I mean? These things are for real. And the landlord is not your parents. So the landlord don't care about your sad story. The landlord don't care about you want to party. The landlord don't care about none of that stuff. The landlord just wants his, his or her money. So I had to learn that the hard way. Right. Wow. All righty. Well, I'm going to cut you guys at this point, and I want to thank you for sharing. Don't go anywhere, but uh, we're going to shift gear a little bit. But thank you for your contribution into today's conversation, and we pray you have a blessed day. I'm going to turn off your mic for a quick second, but again, please don't go anywhere, okay? All right. Thank okay. you so much. Okay. Hold on. All right. Well, today is the day before a special day, and we want to just take some quick moment to say uh, a couple of words. We got Pastor Kim on the line. Good morning, Pastor Kim. Good morning, good morning, and good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. What you got for us this morning, Pastor Kim? What do I have this morning? I have, do you know what today is? It's almost my niece's birthday. I can't sing, but I just called <laughs> to say happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to my beautiful sweet niece, Shanties. Happy blessed birthday to you. And many, 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 many more. I so thank God for just meeting you two beautiful, blessed women of God. It has been such a blessing and an honor to have you all in my life. And I wish I was there to just give you a big hug and a big wet one to wish you a happy birthday. And I pray you just have a blessed weekend and know that I love you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor Kemp. We thank you for that wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, salutation. We pray you have a blessed day today. Thank you. You too. Where is she? Is she here? Is she there? Well, you know what? Let me let me put let me put her mic on. Let me put her mic on so she can say thank you. Shantish, your mic is on. Thank you, Pastor Kim. I love you. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Love you, too. Thank you. Okay, honey. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time, Pastor Kim. We love you. Have a blessed weekend. You, too. You, too, babe. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we got another young lady on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Your mic is live. Good morning. Good morning. I'm so excited to be a part of celebrating this young, courageous, intelligent young woman who is on the battlefield for her Lord. 
I celebrate you, Shantice. I celebrate your bravery. I celebrate that you are a leader amongst your generation. Even in your brand, I wear me. That is just bold and it is courageous to be uh, anti-cultural, to go against the culture and say, we don't have to waste our money on other things, but we can represent ourselves. You're doing so much. So continue to do that. I really just wanted to encourage you for your forward movement. And what I felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you is, like, one, it is beautiful the way that you reach out to the older women in order to seize uh, information and to seize advice. And you are aligned with God's word in doing so because in Proverbs chapter 11, it says, where there is no wise, intelligent guidance, the people fall. They go off course like a ship without a helm. But in the abundance of wise and godly counselors, there is victory. Continue to seek mentors. Continue to surround yourself with people who are wise and people who are godly. And you will have victory in everything you do. Be blessed. May this next year of life be Filled with all of your heart's desires, honey. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. Thank you, my Thank you. Love you, too. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out of the night, teacher. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Who else do we have on the line? Let's say good morning. Your mic is live. Sorry, I'm traveling. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yes, we can hear you. We can hear you. All right, we can't get in right now. Uh, let's say good morning. Your mic is live. Good morning. Good morning. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Shanti. <laughs> Wishing you a wonderful day. You are such a wonderful lady. Thanking God for you. I love the fact that you are always hungry and thriving and wanting to know more about God. And you're always reaching and striving. And not just for yourself, but those that you come in contact with. You give wisdom to those that... Um, may not even be looking for it or not aware that they are hungry for God. So continue on in what you're doing, continue on in your thriving and in your thirsting. And um, I love the fact that you allow yourself to just be who you are in God, you know, so it's like you don't have to fit a mold. You are who you are. And I ask that God continues to flourish and to shower you and that you continue to grow and blossom. Yes, you're not a baby, but you're still growing and blossoming in Christ. And I thank God for who you are. And I'm wishing that this chapter gives you all the more and that you acquire more, knowing that your hands are in a lot. But even with that, there is greatness in God. And because of who you are, I thank God for who you are and wishing you all the best that this year has to offer. Happy birthday! 
Thank you, Lady Tamika. Thank you. All right. Thank you so very much for your salutations this morning. Thank you. Have a blessed one. Oh, your mic is on. You're live. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy birthday to you. I got to say, year after year, it's hard to come up with something new to say that I haven't already expressed to you, that I haven't already told you. <laughs> so I'm trying here. So I just, you know, and it's, it's, it's even harder to come behind Elder Natisha and all these wonderful women. So I just came up with a quick little, like, poem with your name to just give you some some honor today. <laughs> so the essence on teeth for me is strong. You are a very strong woman. You have been through a lot. You are still going through a lot, but you never give up. You are very strong. You are humble. You are humble. We talk about Shantice all the time, just giving her credit, and she doesn't give enough credit to herself. She doesn't just um, understand that God has brought her a long way. You know, she kind of downplays it a lot. So you are very humble in the best way, and I just hope that you 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 just walk into what God has given you the 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 amazingness that God has allowed you to just have. You are one of a kind. I've never met somebody like Santi from the day that I met you. She has always just been the center of attention. Anywhere that we go, she just draws a crowd. She just knows how to how to speak. And it is just admirable. You are notable. The things that you are doing in this lifetime, you are just making a name for yourself. And for the church and for the business, you are very notable. And I hope that you realize that you are talented. You are just amazing. Everything that you're coming up with on your own, things that God is giving you, it is just very um, just amazing. You are very talented. You are youthful. You are very um, lively. You're not a dry Christian, as you like to say, as you have coined the term. You are very youthful. You are crazy, but in the best way. Every time Pastor Steph asks us a question or if any type of topic comes up, we all hold our breath <laughs> for what Shantice is going to say. But I love it. I love it. It is, it is just who you are, and you are eccentric. You are just an amazing young person, and I just... I really look up to you. I hope that you know that. And just keep up the good work, walk in what God has given you, and give yourself more credit because you are doing amazing. Happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday. And I hope you enjoy your day tomorrow, even though we got to do a little work for God, but I hope that it is an amazing day for you. I love you so much. Happy birthday. Uh, I love you so very. Thank you. That was beautiful. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you so much. We pray you have a blessed day. All right, your mic is live. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. How are you? Good morning, we're well, thank you. We're well, thank you. You're welcome. What you got for us this morning? I just want to, I just want to wish my beautiful, wonderful cousin, Shantice, a happy birthday. And I truly, truly thank God for your life. Without you being on my behind, the way you are, I wouldn't be where I'm at. And I'm just truly, truly blessed to have you in my life. 
And I ask God to give you many, many more. And I ask God to allow you to enjoy this year. And just thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for continuing, you know, being on top of not just me, but everybody. You're not a one-sided person. And you're just a, a true blessing. And I thank you and I love you. Uh, thank you, cousin. Yeah, I got my cousin here in the morning. Oh my goodness! Thank you, Ivy. Love you more. Oh. All right. Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. You too, Jazz. All right. Let me see how I need to catch. I need to catch. All right. We have a salutation from Anika. She said it's extremely noisy, but she wants to say a huge shout out to you, Shantice, for your birthday. She said, I have been so blessed to see your growth in the Lord these years, and I'm so proud to have you as my sister. May God grant your every desire as you stay connected to him. He's got even bigger plans for you. Love you so much. And she's on. She can hear you, so you can respond. Oh, thank you, Anika. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Anika. We pray you have a blessed day. Okay, here we have a nice surprise. Good morning. Your mic is live. Your mic is live. I'm talking to you. Adi Pam. Morning. Good morning. Wish my niece a happy birthday. And thanking God for allowing you to see a beginning of another wonderful and exciting year. Because of your truthfulness and your testimony and sharing your story, you have allowed God to have you to encourage others, to let them know that God is not through with us yet, that God has not thrown us away, God has not put us aside, but that he will carry you through and he will carry you through to greatness. So I'm thanking God for your life. I'm thanking God for just your, your, your excitement, that you're excited about your journey with God. And may you continue to follow the path that he has laid out for you. Continue to follow the plan he has laid out for you. I love you. You know what the family's going through, but I could not miss this opportunity to say that I love you so much and that I want the best for you that God has for you. So continue to enjoy and be excited about your journey with God. Uh, thank you so Aww. much, Auntie Kim. Thank you. Love you, too. All right. Thank you, Auntie Pam. We get to hear that voice, one of these rare moments. We pray you have a blessed day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Who do we have? Who do we have? Let's say good morning. Good morning. Your mic is live. Good morning. Good morning. Happy birthday, Shantice. Minister Shantice, I may say. Happy birthday, Minister Shantice. I am so I am so proud of you. You've been doing great. You know, life life is always gonna come after you, but you you've been holding on. Like Vivi said, you are strong, you are smart, you are humble. You know, I I've seen I've seen a lot of things that I could grasp from you when I when I see you stand out in the crowd because I'm not a shy person and I'm like Man, I could be just like Shantice one day. 
you are you are a, a somebody I could admire and you know learn from each and every day I see you. Um, even though I'm older than you, but still, you know, you, I, I still I still could get some things from you because you could teach me whatever you, you God has given you to teach me. Once again, happy birthday! I hope it's all the best for you. Um, your health, your um, your your spirit with God. Just hold on to that. For nothing else in this world is is not more important than God. Thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Have a blessed day. Thank you. All right. I I got my guys on, but I was trying to give everyone else who would normally not be on an opportunity. Let's say good morning. Your mic is live. Good morning. Good morning. I just want to say happy birthday. Everyone gave me such kind words, Tennessee, and like Dad said, um, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't keep going because you just you just give it to me all the time. But I appreciate it. But I can't go nowhere without the switch tip number twelve, and God wants you to stick with it. Number twelve, and this is given on. July 27, 2020, and God wants you to stick with the training because you are doing a wonderful job, and he wants you to stick with that. And I was looking through 164.6, but I found that one. No, God found that one. He wants you to stick with the training because you're doing a marvelous job, and I love you so much, and I just want you to enjoy your birthday. And thank you for giving us all your love and your kindness and you just you just you just a fair person. You're not a one sided person. And I thank God for your life. Have a wonderful birthday. I love you so much. Uh thank you, Kay. Thank you for that quick tip reminder. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. Amen. All right, brother Al, your mic is live. What would you like to say this morning? Uh, yeah, you know how I get down, and I did this real quick, because I didn't even know it was her birthday. Shanti's happy birthday, and what I want to say to you is, happy birthday, Shanti. How you been? It's Brother Al, and we at it again. We're here today to celebrate you, and may God bless you in whatever you do. So enjoy your day, and don't forget to smile. Keep praising God. It'll be with you while I love you, and please enjoy your day. And once again, I want to say happy birthday. Happy birthday in the building. I just wrote that real quick. <laughs> happy birthday in the building, Shanti. I'm still going to get my birthday punches, so don't get crazy. You ain't too grown. You ain't too grown. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother. Al. My birthday rap. Thank you. Ah. Thank you, brother Al. Thank you so much. And we pray you have a blessed day. All right. Uncle, your mic is live. Man, to my niece, to my niece, to my niece, I want you to know that you are essential to the body of Christ. I, I love you so much. I've watched you grow. I was just sitting here thinking, you know, that you and I used to be in the kitchen uh, cooking. So you, we, we, we ate naturally, and now we feed each other spiritually. Wow, that, that, that's a blessing. That, that's a hundredfold right there. You keep on doing what God has you to do. 
You know, there is a sheet for you. You know, all these folks that's giving you these accolades, you know, that, that, that you have imparted into their life, you keep on doing that. God is well pleased. And I love you. I, I, I love you more than, than words can say. You know, and happy birthday and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Uncle Pastor Kel. <laughs> well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor Kel. We pray you have a blessed day. Uh, would you like to say anything? Well, would, what would you like to say? I'll give you an opportunity to uh, respond to your salutations as a whole. I appreciate everyone taking the time to come on and wish me a happy birthday. Grateful for all of the words and reminders and even my personalized poem and rap. Just so thankful. You know, it could seem like nothing, but for everyone just take the time out of their busy morning to come on. And I was sitting here and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I ended up dozing off this morning because I didn't miss all of this uh, uh, celebration. Amen. <laughs> but just thanking God because I was like, nah, I'm tired of having to go back and and replay the men's, you know, the, the, the men's day some some um, weeks because God has us in here, you know, working, doing really even tired. But I, I just thank God that I, I didn't miss this live. I just really appreciate everyone taking the time to um, always kickstart, you know, my, my birthday. I mean, kickstarting my, kick my birthday weekend, and I'm just so grateful and appreciative. Thank you so much, everyone. I love everybody. Thank you. Okay. Um, so your aunt and your sister are both on uh calls so they were not able to call in but they're wishing you a happy birthday I will say this you know (laughs) it took me a minute it took me a minute to realize how long you had actually been with me it wasn't until recently that I realized that and you've heard me say this that you actually grew up with me. I, I watched you do some of the things that I had done, and I watched you grow up, and I I didn't know a lot of your struggles. Boy, did you hide them well. You know, as a mother who was <laughs> on top of you, um, remembering and being reminded of when you would say, um, you know, what time does your watch? Or what time does your clock read? <laughs> you know, when you came in past the time, and I was meeting you at the door, and I say to myself, wow, that was a journey. It was a journey. And I give God thanks because despite the fact that you girls had your journey, I didn't have to take you off a pole. I didn't have to get you out to crack house. You know, those things other parents had to go through. And I give God thanks for family. Because although I raised you in the home alone, I had family support that was instilling things in you, that was investing in you, that was pouring into you. And I'm like, I don't think these girls even realize the love that they have surrounding them, from your your grandparents 
to your great aunts and uncles and just being blessed. And I was blessed to have a family that would love you the way I loved you. And I want Mm -hmm. to tell you, you and I can, boy, we can lock horns, but (laughs) you are one of my greatest accomplishments. Only by the grace of God could you and I be on this broadcast together, sharing in this journey. You know, you don't get that blessing very often often in life where you can actually share the journey with your with your child. And I've watched you blossom into a beautiful young lady. I am so, so very, very proud of you. And I give God thanks as you hover over me as my mother. And (laughs) I thank God for your love. I thank God for your care. I thank God for your concern. I thank God for you just being my right arm and and the rib that I need in order to function around here and in order to, 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 to have gotten me to this point. I remember you being the only person who could understand the writing on the back of the hand, the writing on the inside of the hand. When I couldn't speak, you I could communicate with. I could actually communicate with you without saying a word. And you have no idea what that meant to me when we're in here together and I can communicate with you without saying a word. You have been a true blessing, and I thank you so much. And to hear all of the salutations go out this morning is just a testament of who God has really, really grown you to be. And I know there's so much more coming as we spare your life. Continue, continue to press your way toward the mark. There is nothing you will ever do that is more important than give your every breath to God. I love you so, so, so very much. And thank you for being my girl. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for all of your patience. Well, as you said, it was a true journey in my teen years. Thank you for your patience and your without you even realizing it, even before you gave your life, you just showed me what it means to not give up on your child, and I put you through a lot. And I just thank you for even now as an adult, you're you you've never made me feel like I'm ready to just throw you away, or I don't have to be concerned about you because you're such and such age. I just really thank you so much for doing with God, because He knew I still need babysitting sometimes now at 38. Officially now, I still need babysitting, <laughs> but she's just willing to always be here for me, and I would not, you know, God knew the parent and the pastor that I would need, and I just really thank God that he was not afraid to give me you. I I appreciate you, and I love you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for those expressions. 
And I pray you have a blessed tomorrow and today. God spare your life. Okay, I'm shutting your mic off because I got to say, oh, it's due time. It's finishing. Thank you so much for a wonderful week. Thank you so much for loving Shanti. I pray that you have a blessed weekend. God spares. We'll be back on Monday. I love you.